Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. And today we're going to talk with Alyssa Wolf, owner of Unbusy, who reached out to us a couple of months ago after hearing some of our other episodes. Alyssa is an introvert, a God follower, and a perpetual bookworm. Oh, and she's also wife and mom to five. She has 12 years experience balancing multiple kids while still finding time to recharge. So she's here to talk with us today about how we can all de-stress our mom lives, reach what she calls super mom status, and stop locking ourselves in the closet to get alone time. (laughs) Welcome, Alyssa. Thank you, Tina and Jenny. My daughter is an introvert as well. (laughs) And we would define her as she is a piano loving cat loving <laughs> book aholic i mean she is literally has taught me so much i'm not so much the introvert but you introverts i'm telling you what smarties. i'm an introvert I'm tina's an introvert, an introvert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway but we're not here to talk about madeline we're here to talk about Alyssa. <laughs> why don't you tell us about yourself before marriage your your background before yeah Tell us a little more about your background before marriage, your husband and your kids. Well, before marriage, I was a homeschool teen myself. So second generation. Mm -hmm. Yay. (laughs) So um, my mom let me skip a grade. So I graduated at 16. Oh, my goodness. Been a bookworm as long as I can remember. I feel like we're going to need to hit on that topic right there. Sure. (laughs) So many times we have that question and you guys want to know something. Somebody just asked me this question the other day and I was like, I'm not sure how that goes. Tina's the one that always knows all the ins and the outs, you know, like my child, can they graduate at 16? Those kind of questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can my child graduate at 10? Because we're super (laughs) smart and we're done. Okay. (laughs) They possibly could, but so anyway, so you graduated at 16 and then what? Well, then I went to university and I had a birthday in between. So I only went to school at 17, you know, yeah. that's bad, right? Okay. <laughs> right, right? I was 17 when I started college. So, <laughs> so I spent two and a half years there, managed to graduate at 19. <laughs> wow. Wow, Alyssa. <laughs> This is so good. I, say, I was very motivated. I took summer classes and then I met someone. So it's like, I've got to get out of here faster because he was a senior. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're introverted and you met someone. Well, yeah. He's more introverted <laughs> than I am. I, that is what I hear. But alas, you guys are married and you have kids and you're homeschoolers. <laughs> Such encouragement. Such encouragement. So, so tell us a little bit about your kids. Well, I've got five. So the oldest is 13. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, the standard firstborn, super responsible, super helpful, <laughs> oh, loves yeah. to bake. Like, mm-hmm. throw me the most challenging thing in the cookbook. I'll say it's fun. Wow. <laughs> That's a blessing for your family, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the next one, so she's got a sister she's really close with, is just, you know, sunshine, happy, go lucky, play with anybody smaller than she is. Aww. 
they're best friends. And then I have a little redheaded boy, not so little anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And then he has a little brother who's turning five now. So he's starting to develop and more the personality showing and, you know, kind of emotionally mature. And then I've got a soon to be three-year-old girl. He's kind of a clone of the second girl. (laughs) (laughs) You are very, very busy. I'm jealous. I am. (laughs) I wish wish the kids were little again. No, this is really great. My son just moved out this weekend. Wow. That must have been kind of hard for you. My goodness. But Tina's my support. My daughter, my younger daughter got married um, six days after she turned 18. So, yeah. And uh, is expecting (laughs) um, her first baby. So I'm going to be a Nana by the end of 2022. Both of you. Yeah. So, so I have to uh, coach Jenny through this whole year child is moving out (laughs) kind of thing. Madeline loves it though, because she actually took over his room because she turned her bedroom into a a study library sorts of a thing. And then, so yeah, she has kind of the wing upstairs. Mm -hmm. It's a small wing, but it's a wing. Sounds good. Yeah. So, so tell us about Unbusy, your website. Um, And we're going to link the, you know, put the link in our our show notes so people can easily find it. But you reached out to us and, you know, because you've been listening to the podcast a little bit, but you've got this thing that you're working on to, to minister to homeschooling parents too. Yes. So with my gifting, I'm good at organization and planning. And it seems like a lot of mothers and my acquaintances just, they're busy. If you ask them how they're doing at church, they're like, oh, so busy. haven't been able to get together with you. I'm sorry. Life is crazy, Mm. but it never seems to change. It's like, it's always crazy. And I don't know if it's being an introvert or what. I hate living like that. I want the space in my life to sit down with the book, (laughs) maybe two books, (laughs) you know, I'm getting Madeline in here right now so she can join in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She, you are speaking her language, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I can't stand that pace and I didn't ever want to. So I was like, well, can I have a large family so the kids can have a bunch of friends and feel like I'm staying on top of them? Mm -hmm. And every year we make changes and it's still working. It's like, what if I could help other moms slow down and become unbusy? you know, as busy as they want to be, but not overly busy. And what if I could do that now? What if I didn't have to wait 17 years, you know, till they're (laughs) out of the nest? Yeah. So like, well, I should try this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a, what a needed thing. So when did you start what you're like, like kind of publicizing and putting out there what you do and how, how did, how did you decide to jump out into the public realm of it? Well, it started a little over two years ago. Kind of interesting timing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a lot of interesting things happened two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was just hearing someone online on another podcast talk about online business, which I'd never really heard of before and how to have a website and a podcast and all this kind of a thing. And suddenly it clicked because I was sitting here thinking, okay, so what I'm going to have to do is be like a simplicity decluttering expert, which means I'm going to have to drive to people's houses and I don't like driving. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds very nice. And two years ago, people wouldn't have let you into their house, right? (laughs) So I was like, oh, you can online and you can reach people that way. This sounds smarter. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
And perfect for an introvert, right? You can, you can do it when you want to, when you are, when you have that people energy and then you don't have to, when you don't want to, right? Exactly. Were you scared? You know what I mean? Just to kind of get the whole thing started, kind of overwhelmed or not really. I was definitely overwhelmed. I called it drinking through a fire hose of all the information you need to get a business up and running. Yeah. Um, So it took me nine months to feel like I'd mastered the basics. Mm. What was your biggest... What do you feel like was the the hardest? You know what I mean? Like your biggest kind of, um, I hate to use the word stressor because it's not stressful, but it is stressful. You guys starting new things. Mm-hmm. What was the, like the hardest for you? Website development. Yeah. Are you a techie girl or not? So yeah. I can follow tutorials, but that doesn't mean I enjoy it. And I'm not an intuitive problem solver with things that are techie. So if something goes wrong, I tend to freak out unless I can find a tutorial that says, and if this happens, do this and such. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now you're talking Jenny's language. You are so talking. <laughs> I have no idea. This is why God put Tina and I together because I'm telling you right now about all I can do is create videos. You know, I just, I make the videos. I put the memes out there. I talk to people. I am the talker of face-to-face. Yes, I love just sitting down and bypassing all of the other things. And Tina's so gifted in that area. And so, yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. You need a teammate, Alyssa. <laughs> I do. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, but let's, let's, let's start talking about some of the things let's. that you talk about. So it's yep. really interesting. I didn't know until you said it, that you're a second generation homeschooler. And so you've been through, you've been around it as a student. And now, now here you are as a mom, because one of your talk topics is dealing with self-confidence as a homeschooler. Mm. And we know from talking to people at the homeschool loft for the last year that parents lack confidence. It might even be like, here's my four-year-old and, yes. and she's demonstrating a readiness to learn to read and how can I do it? And they, they feel ill-equipped even for that. Yeah. Yep. And so how, through what you do, how do you address that? Yep. There's something that uh, another girl named Ali Casaza always says, you were meant to be the mother of your children. Mm-hmm. And I find that very helpful to remind myself of, you know, God picked me for my kids. He didn't say, oh have fun jumping off the deep end. I hope you can handle them. Yes. <laughs> so there's something about my personality and what's most important to me that they need to learn something from. I'm not, yeah. you know, the terrible mom because I don't like to craft, um, don't like glitter and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It is okay that my kids have an introvert as a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Absolutely. We talk about that too. Like God does not make mistakes. And so if he put your children with you, he wants for them what you have. He doesn't want what Sally down the street has (laughs) for your kids, right? Because they're not hers. Yeah. And I would say that what your children have, right? Because to quote Charlotte Mason, and this is not an exact quote, by the way. Okay. But (laughs) the truth is, is our kids are not empty vessels to be filled. God, mm-hmm. God's already put something in them. And so I would say that, I mean, just how much encouragement moms get from their own children. I mean, parents, I remember Madeline one time saying, mom, we were doing devotionals. It was about, you know, uh, self-control. And she said, and she was just a wee thing. And she said, I think this is a good one for you. <laughs> and it's so true, right? <laughs> Building my own confidence. Right, right. Yeah. How to get the life transformation you actually want. I want to talk about this. Yeah. So this is for the mom who is in that zone of everything is frazzled and you can never Mm -hmm. get ahead. 
What I want to say to you is that you could always change something. Mm. Yes, you're too busy. Yes, you're stressed out. But sitting there and doing nothing to change that is actually a choice too. You're mm. choosing not to do anything about it. So the next time you have a crazy day, maybe that's tomorrow, stop and ask yourself, what would make this better? What would make it easier on me? And then just do that one thing. Is it giving yourself grace to skip the workout and roll out of bed? Or is it using the freezer meal today to make supper easy? Or asking one of your kids to sweep the kitchen tonight, calling that good enough? Mm. What is it that if you didn't do it would help this day go better? Because you have every right to go the lighter route, not the discipline route on yourself. Mm. There's always a way to change and move forward. That's so good. That is really good. And I love what you said. You know, it's a choice. One of the things that Jenny and I have talked about is, um, I don't know, I don't know if you're on social media and if you see this, but um, it seems like so many, and it seems like it's younger moms that you're a younger mom. Um, we can see you as we're talking. You can't see us. <laughs> you're not as young as us. Okay. What? No, you're she's younger. younger. Yeah. You're younger. Um, but, and it's not just young moms, but um, it seems like so many of them feel like they need permission from others to make a simple decision. Right. Like, so they'll go online and they'll be like, so should I put Johnny in the red shorts or the blue shorts That's today? True. I really don't so know. True. And it just makes my heart ache yeah. for these moms that they they seem incapable of making a decision because they're going to make the wrong decision. So, you know, I, as you're saying, you know, choose, can you use the freezer meal? Can you have your child sweep for you? I can see some of those parents saying, but, but which one of those things should I choose today? How do you talk to those moms? Yeah. What's the one thing you feel the most pulled towards? Like, which one do you hate most? Mm. Is it the cooking supper or is it you hate getting into all the corners sweeping? You know, which one would be nicest to have done? If you can't figure that out, then go ahead and flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Right. Yeah. Like maybe don't get on social media and ask for opinions because you'll get 17,000 opinions, but yeah. coins are there for a good reason. <laughs> do you feel like that might be because like you were, you know, it's okay that maybe you're not the, um, the crafter or the, you know what I mean? Or the bed, the bread baker, or if you can't, so, but maybe it's just one of those things that's hard to choose because would you say that, that on the inside, you almost feel like sort of this competition type thing with other homeschooling? Yeah, you're supposed to be cooking from scratch mm-hmm. and doing, you know, lap looks with the kids and making sure the kitchen is, you know, so clean you could eat off of it. It's, it's the and, 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 because well, I'm home and I'm homeschooling. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that you just said lap books because we were the lap book family. <laughs> oh, that I is hated them. I see Tina hated them. Listen, <laughs> the lap books, you guys are a lost art. I'm not even artsy at all, but I'm just saying that lap books, we were here for it. The kids love them so much. And oh my gosh. So but, they were good for you to do. They resonate yeah, with they some weren't good families. With you. Neither was Latin or anything else, <laughs> Tina. Nothing. Oh, lots of things are good for us, but I'm not so those. kidding. It's so true. It's so true. But you know what? lap books and at your young, you're younger. So, I mean, they're still out there. They're still going around lap books. That's so good to hear. <laughs> you're funny. What other tips do you have for moms who feel overwhelmed? Just pick one thing to simplify. I know there's probably a bazillion things, areas of your life you would like to fix. Yeah. So let's just take one thing at a time. We don't want too many new habits. Mm-hmm. One thing you can get up today and say, oh yes, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Or I've got a new way of approaching this. So is that your food prep? Is that the homeschooling? Is that the cleaning? Is it the laundry? Something else? What's that one area that you know 
you can do better, but better as an easier, not better as an, oh, here's more to do for myself. Mm-hmm. And that brings up that baby step, baby steps, right? Yes. So I like to think of baby steps as tiny habits. So instead mm-hmm. of, ooh, the pressure of a big habit, what's one tiny action you could do every day to propel you towards that new life? Is it a wellness habit? Is it something food related? Is it just doing five minutes of exercise? Hugging every kid once a day just to make sure. 30 seconds of stillness, you know, two toe touches. What? Make it so small. You know, you almost feel silly doing it. Yeah. And that's the point to just get your brain in the habit of I'm doing this exercising, this time with the kids, something. Just no arguing with yourself. It's just a tiny little thing. Yeah. That came to life for me literally yesterday. You guys at Father's Day, my mom made pie. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not, and I mean, this is, I'm being totally serious, but this reminds me of that, right? Is like, sometimes it's okay. And so telling my own self, like, listen, I didn't have a huge piece of pie. It was just a little sliver. <laughs> and that's a great habit to start. It's called just, we're going to go, we're going to narrow it down to that little bit. But I mean, jokes aside, isn't that the truth? We beat ourselves up when we can't be perfect at something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And it's not about perfection. Mm-hmm. Just about and not about comparing ourselves to anybody else, right? It's it's about, am I doing four toe touches today? Because I did two yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Not starting out with that. I've got to do 10 because everybody says you should start with 10 and you should be flexible enough or, you know, yes. whatever. Yeah. This is, this is slightly off color, but one of my best friends, he was like a father figure to me. Uh, he's gone to be with the Lord, but he, he always used to say, don't shoot on yourself. No one says that all the time. I think it's actually a a good way to remind yourself that you can just be. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) It's okay to just be and not be this image of perfection, which none of us really are. Right. 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 So you have, um, you have an almost three-year-old and then the the four other kids. And so this, this next topic that, that we were going to talk about, um, keeping your sanity intact at the end of the day, (laughs) I feel like you're probably still in the midst of that. (laughs) Well, certainly, certainly. I'm using these techniques myself. That's right. So how do you do that? I mean, you're smiling and you've got your act together here. And it's the end of the day when we're talking to you, you look very sane. How do you do it? Yeah. Tell the kids to go to their rooms and play. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, ever since they were little, the nap time was still nap time. Mm -hmm. It was you're taking a nap and it's going to be a long nap or you can play in your room when you wake up. And when they outgrew nap time, it was go find an activity to do in your room. And this is bonus time for you. I'm not going to come in and say do chores. We're not going to do homework. You don't have to share with any of your siblings. This is your downtime as well, because I need downtime. So basically everyone in the family is going to get downtime and not for just an hour, because I don't know about you, but I don't need, I need more than just one hour to recharge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things I did that reminds me when my girls were little. So my girls are 11 and a half months apart. It was almost like having twins. <laughs> and, um, and I was doing in-home childcare for the first, I don't know, 10 years of our homeschooling to supplement income. So, and that was a necessity. Um, so I had anywhere from mm, four to five kids in the, in the home, you know, my two plus two to three others, depending and I'm an introvert and I needed that downtime. And I would say, mommy, you know, mommy's ears are tired girls. I just need quiet. And my older daughter gave up naps at about age two years and one day. Uh, my younger girl napped longer, but it's still, you know, my older girl was the more 
energetic, all of that kind of thing. And I had these little kids too. So when the little babies napped, the preschool kids that I was babysitting for, and my girls had given up naps, we had afternoon rest time and I was, the little kids were up in their rooms napping, so I couldn't send them to their rooms. But what I did do was I, I chose, and this will be the, you know, the perfectionist moms are like, you can't do this. We had a daily movie and it was on DVD and it was a movie that I could trust. And it was afternoon rest time. And it was the DVD goes on. You each must choose a spot on the couch or a chair, not together. And um, you can bring toys, but you have, they have to be quiet toys. You must be quiet. You must stay in one spot. You don't have to watch the movie if you want to play with your toys or read your books or whatever, when they were, they, they weren't doing that when they were reading, but look at your books. Um, and I could see and hear where, from where they were, but I still had space and time. And it was an hour and a half, at least, you know, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, good, you just chose Fantasia. That's a two and a half hour movie. We're great. You know, <laughs> how about Mary Poppins tomorrow? <laughs> well, talking about like mother culture that, you know, we, we have done in the past, just a little bit of a study uh, with Karen Andrea's book, mother culture. And Karen talks about that is just having that time. Mother needs to have that time regardless, right? That mm -hmm. is the filling up. That is how we can pour out to our kids and, and do these things. And so, so many moms say, well, that's, that's easy to read. That's easy to talk about, but how do you make it happen? Well, there's only one way and that's called a habit every time when you're yep. trying, nope, sorry, this is mom's time. This is, this mm -hmm. is my time. So I'm going to be over here and you're going to be doing that. And that's all there is to it. And it's really following through. And I know that seems harsh, but then again, look where our culture is at today, right? It's the opposite of that. And, and it's just that discipline and teaching them young. I love that yes. you said you don't have to watch the movie, but that alert, let that just alerted them. The movie's on. It's quiet time. It's downtime. This, you don't have to look at it. This is what I'm going to do. Right. right. I love that. Yeah. And they, they were, they were little, they, you know, that, but it, it wasn't hard to teach the habit because it was yeah. from the beginning. <laughs> it's again and again and again. Yeah. What about, um, easy mindfulness hacks? For the busy mom, which you are the busy mom. What? But she's unbusy. The yeah, busy, but I, unbusy mom. She's the busy, unbusy mom. She's a, in a busy season of mothering, but very unbusy to the culture around her. Yes. Right? Yes. Well yes. said, Jenny Tetzner. So what? So let's talk about, I'm going to say that again, easy mindfulness hacks for the busy mom, what they are and how they changed my life. Why don't you share with our listeners? Sure. So a mindfulness hack is basically to pay attention to your needs as a mom, like we were talking about earlier, your ears need a break, not just your to-do list needs. Mm -hmm. So what that meant for me was I moved all my chores to a higher energy point during the day so I could be freed up to do something I loved during that afternoon rest time. Mm -hmm. So in order to scrunch everything into when the kids are awake, means I have to streamline the cleaning. I have to minimize the amount of toys in the house and enlist the kids in the chores. So I'm not doing all of it. Mm. So it's a very, very action oriented kind of mindfulness that I have to have those things in place first. And then I take that afternoon rest time every weekday for something that fills me up, which of course for me, since I'm a bookaholic too, is reading. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> So it's basically it's knowing what you can handle and what times of day are hard for you. Like if you need a mid-morning break mm. because the kids are getting on your nerves, you can't make it till nap time. It's okay. Yeah. Mommy can have a little break then and say everyone gets, you know, outside recess. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. You just need to know when you do have the energy to go all out on the chores of the cleaning mm. and then see if you can do three things in a row quickly, maybe. 
And then don't put anything else big on your must to do list for the day. If you repeat that for each day of the week, you will have an unbusy to do list in a week that you can actually handle because you're not overstuffing your day. Mm-hmm. And you're getting books read and mm-hmm. your children, you're modeling that. Yes. We're always telling moms, right? Let's put the phone down. And I know, I know. And I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking like uh, audible or anything like that. Cause that's great too. And actually the kids can hear that, but oftentimes when we're looking on the device, they don't really see that actual book and paper. Mm-hmm. And so what a great modeling tool that is right then and there mom is reading and you're putting importance on that. Right. Such good habits. That is a win-win in so many different areas right there. Well, and also the habit thing and the modeling, why do today's moms feel so busy, right? It's because our culture mm-hmm. says being busy is uh, important. It's yeah. a good mm-hmm. thing. But if we want our children not to feel that same pressure, they have to see it from us, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it goes from, and think of this, it starts so little with these little ones, yeah. whisking them off to, I mean, I don't know when does soccer practice start? Huh? Like age two. Age two. You guys, <laughs> I can't ridiculous. even. It they is can't even re- walk without falling down. Why are we taking them? To right? Practice? It's just crazy. But yeah, think of that. It's, you know, we laugh and we joke about that, but you guys, this is um, a detrimental thing that needs to be addressed because of this modeling thing. It's your kids are watching your every single move. And without you even saying it, without us even, you know, being busy all the time, it's what they're going to do. And it's not enjoying life and goes against God's word. So Alyssa, how do you deal like talking about activities and stuff? Do you have something in your family where you limit the amount of activities your kids can be in? Because that's a pressure that parents feel as well. You know, Johnny has to be in four things and Sally has to be in six other things. And we go crazy with that. Absolutely. My parents told us we could only be involved in one thing at a time. Uh, So my brother and I kind of fudged it by saying we'd each get involved in each other's activities. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was kind of strategizing and problem solving, right? Yes. Schoolers, I tell (laughs) you. Absolutely. So uh, my kids aren't really in extracurriculars exactly right now, but we're limiting the number of family outings per weeknight that we go on because we can't handle very much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, with five children too, even though your youngest is only two at this point, right? Um, If they each had something, you'd be out all the time. Ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. There is just no way. Um, What about simple reflection techniques to jumpstart your day? This is where it all begins, you guys, is literally when you open up your eyes in the morning. It's a make it or break it. Would you say that, Alyssa? Well, maybe not quite that strong since we don't need more guilt, but yeah, hey, that is true. Don't listen to me. Listen to Alyssa. <laughs> so I want you to check in with yourself at three key points during the day. One is yes, before you start and then midway through the morning. And then the third time at nap time. And what you ask yourself is what would I get, love to get done today or this morning or this afternoon? What needs to get done today? Mm-hmm. And what do I want to do next? right here in the moment. This helps you feel into, do I have the energy to go scrub toilets or not right now? Maybe I can do that in the next time. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Is it good? Would you say to have some kind of a journal even, you know what I mean? To keep all Mm -hmm. of these as an accountability type thing. I agree, but I'm a journaler. So (laughs) I am am, a journaler. I have a journaling room, a designated journaling room. 
Well, maybe some kind of system, right? So that that yeah. each what dependent on personality, which I want to talk about next, right? The person what talking about what personality theory has to do with all this goal setting, right? Because some of us keep right. journals. See that fit right in, right? Even plan it. But for and I'm a journal kind of person too. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's not gonna suit other personality types. But yet they want to keep organized and stuff too. So what what can you tell us about that? I really learned a lot from reading a book by Gretchen Rubin about the four tendencies. Have you heard of that one? Uh, I don't think so. Do you know how to spell her last name? Yes. R-U-B-I-N. Okay. We'll add that to the the notes as well. So, okay. So she's not going detailed like Myers-Briggs. She's just pointing out how people think about goals and accountability and decision-making, right? So she found people tended to naturally go in just four main groups. Number one is the questioner. So you tell them you should do something such. They say, why? Oh, yeah. Prove it. Yeah. Why is it important? Why should I believe you? <laughs> now, <be> me. Yeah. <laughs> once that they, is so true. Yes. Once they, are, uh, once they are convinced that something is important, they will follow through with that goal. But if you can't convince them, they're not Forget doing it. it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what are the other ones? So second, obliger. Obliger is your friend says, can you bring me a meal? You say, sure. Your kids say, mom, can you make a spaghetti? You say, sure. You think, I'd really like some tuna sandwiches. Eh, I'm not going to. It's only me. Nobody's relying on me. Mm. So they're the ones who need the accountability partner. The I told someone I was doing this to follow through. They are not weak. They are great at coming through, but it has to be an outside impetus. Yeah. Interesting. Continue on. Do you know the other ones? Yes. Rebel. <laughs> so you tell the rebel, go do this. They run as fast as they can in the opposite direction. Uh, that's my younger daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, yeah, that's interesting. Yes. The only thing I can think of for a rebel is frame everything as counterculturally as possible. I'm saving yes. money, not because certain financial experts tell me to, but because our culture lives on debt. Look how different I am. Uh, yes, yeah, it kind yes. of ropes them into that whole they're they're doing their own thing kind of type thing. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And the last one is the upholder. They set goals, they keep them. This is the stereotypical. I make you know ten New Year's resolutions every year, and I kept every single one of them. Wow. <laughs> and there's about two people in the entire society. Like that are, two yeah. to five percent in the population. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> what am I, Tino? What do you say I am? I think you're the obliger. I knew you were going to say that. It's true. I probably am. It's not a bad thing. No, I'm a people pleaser a little bit. I feel like, yeah, Yeah. I don't want to be a people pleaser. You guys, I'm tired of pleasing you all the time. Okay. (laughs) It's like, okay, do you say I'm going to go walking, running, jogging, whatever. Do you have to have a friend or else you'll stay in bed? Are you like, it's on my list. I'm doing it. Or you said I should. You'll never catch me out there. <laughs> yeah. So therefore lay in bed all day. Oh, I'm going to get up and run, right? That's how you deal with the rebel, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does that help with like goal setting as for a mom though? Like if they know which type they kind of lean toward or are. Um, so first kind of upholder, if you're an upholder, which I am, then just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> this doesn't have as much bearing on you, but yeah. if you're a questioner or a rebel, Basically, you can stop guilting yourself about the fact that you have to certify the advice you're getting. It has to make sense to you. And you just really feel like pushing off what other people are saying. You will do what's important. Don't tell Tina that. Don't tell her that. I can already <laughs> I'm see just the saying, we- amen. I can already see. <laughs> 
So instead of all this, your goal should be to lose five pounds and your goal should be to spend 30 minutes of time every week to your kids, you know, give yourself the permission to throw it all out because that's what you want to do anyways. And that's why you're not really meeting any of those goals. Go back and think about what you want. You guys. (laughs) And the obliger, what can Jenny do? Yeah. What can Jenny do? What can I do? (laughs) So Jenny, if there's something that's important to you, see if you can tell someone else or ask someone to do it with you. Or ask someone to check in with you, you know, daily, weekly, however oh frequently goodness. that is. Tina tries, but I just <laughs> shutting it right down. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. I mean, are you talking in the sense of kind of being scared to start something because of or doing something because of the needing to please somebody else kind of type thing? Kind of, and also um, flip it to a positive sense. Yeah. If let's. I exercise, I get to spend time with that friend. If I make this meal, I am, you know, I don't know, exposing my children to Thai food. If I, you know, find good things, I'm doing this for somebody else. Uh, You just have to find a way to work what's important to you and find a reason that that would help somebody else because uh, you're so good at just saying, I don't matter. It's okay. Others first that you never actually get around to yourself. This is unbelievably true, Tina. I know. I'm like, this is you, Jenny. We're going to talk about our hours. So we, we recently, Alyssa, this is about you, but listen, you're hitting on some spots for all of us here (laughs) because here's the reality. So we'll have appointments. We, we talk with people and uh, we we're starting this thing where you have to make an appointment because we do get busy and we have all these, you know, just, we have just had open-ended office hours and, and one of us just goes to the loft building and we sit there, right? So Jenny will sit there forever. Until the person's done. Tina, however, has a dinger in the background that she sets on her phone because she's diligent and she sets the time. And this is when we're done. We're done. Me, I'm more like, okay, just one more question. I guess surely I can't interrupt her right now. She's about to cry. You know, I'm this person. Sure. I'll talk to you for five whole hours. I'm that girl. Whereas Tina says, Jenny, I think it's good to kind of set some boundaries to do these things. And yeah, it's really true. You guys. So Alyssa is telling you that you need to set boundaries. Yeah. In other words, that I was right the whole time. <laughs> she was right the whole entire time. I'll pay you off the what I promised you, Alyssa, after. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Alyssa. But frame it as now you can help four more people because you only gave the first lady an hour instead of five. She there already you said go. that. She Amen. already says it. <laughs> yeah, so Alyssa's right. Alyssa's right. Alyssa, listen. And this is so important now that we're actually having, we have three time slots that means we could go back to back. Right. So if I'm mm-hmm. taking my time with somebody else, yeah, you guys, this is thanks Lord. Thanks Alyssa. <laughs> thanks Tina. Moving on, moving right along. So we've been talking about mom stuff, right. But not so much honed in on homeschooling stuff. Right. So, but what are some productivity habits that can actually make the homeschooling part mm-hmm. of being a mom easier? For me, that goes back to making everything else in my week as easy as possible so I can give homeschooling the time it deserves. Right. So habit number one, planning my week out ahead of time. I'm a planner so that I'm not figuring out the day of what's for supper. Where do I need to be when? All I have to do is consult my to-do list, my calendar, and just run with that. Mm-hmm. Number two is delegating as many chores to the kids as are within their capabilities. So no driving, no sharp knives. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> <Yeah. thing. laughs> Number three is repeating meals either by week or by season to streamline my meal prep. Say, okay, I tried a ton of new recipes, like five out of seven a week would be new before the girls were being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. This is not the season when I have 
three for sure, maybe four starting. Yes. This is not the season to be like, oh, fancy thing that's going to take 40 minutes and I'm not sure how it'll turn out. Yeah, I don't need that. Preach it, girl. Preach it. <laughs> um, number four is teaching every child in homeschool how to work independently, which yes. really improves as they move up in grade level, as you know. But I plant the seeds for that starting in second grade. And number five is to honor my own running on fume signals and stop working no matter how much I've got left on my to-do list. Because every time I stop and give myself the break, I get so much energy later, like in three hours, that it gets done in like five or 10 minutes. And it would have taken me 30 earlier and it would have been just pure discipline forcing myself through. Yeah, I love that. That is really good. I found that about working out. Sometimes... Not that I work out much, but I, I walk. And sometimes when I don't feel like walking at the moment, I'm like, wait, stop. If you don't feel like it right now, that's okay. Because when I do feel like it, and I always do, right? I know some of you probably won't feel like it. You'll be like, no, I'm not going to walk. I'm going to eat pizza. But guess what? If you do, just do it when you feel like it. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. I, but that is so good. Did you guys write that down? Go get your pencil and your pen. Pause this thing. Go get it. Write it down. I like that. I mean, but going back to the homeschooling part and what you said at the beginning, you know, God gave you your kids because he wants for your kids what you have. So when you know that you're running on fumes and you need to take a break, you shouldn't feel guilty about that, right? That's how you're wired and you're mindful and you're aware of it. That's also such a good habit to model for our kids too, right? That they mm-hmm. can know I'm at the end of my rope and I can't do another math problem, right? Because that's how we wish for them that they yeah. would be able to shut down before the temper tantrum. Right. Yeah. And if the, they can only do that if they see it in us, right? So that is so, that's so, so. Fun. I mean, if you look at all of this, that's precisely the goal, right? All of it. This is the foundation. And when you as the, the mom, the modeler or the dad, when you're setting these things for yourself, they, they will. That's how their life will be. They will live. Everybody's going to be more sane, less of throwing the math books and stuff. <laughs> well, and it won't even seem like weird to them. Like they'll, when they're adults, they'll think it's weird if they have friends who are frazzled and whatever, because yes. their existence will have been peace and calm. And obviously we all have moments, but it will have been not the norm, right? that their friends probably will grow up with. So, yeah, well, that brings us right to how to raise capable kids. Yeah. So this one is kind of an extension of changing something. So Mm -hmm. you can get help, even if it's just streamlining, streamlining your meal prep or laying off the Pinterest recipes for a few months. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Amen. (laughs) Or just being the girl who like writes the fancy menu. And then really it's everybody ate sandwiches all week long. (laughs) And even if you don't have elementary schoolers or preteens, you can simplify running your household. So just pick one thing to drop or to ask your kids to do for you and then put a reminder in your calendar or planner every week. This is the new normal that you're not doing this. So either you're going to skip dusting from here on out, or maybe you're going to have the kids move the laundry to the dryer because it's kind of heavy and it's annoying to lean that far into the washing machine, especially when you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But just like you said, like going back to the small things, right? This is a, the task this week that I am delegating, right? Mm-hmm. But my children can learn it. And do you ever do a thing with your kids where like you have certain tasks and you rotate them around, you know, like this month, you know, your oldest does this, but then next month, the second month, the second oldest will do it. So they get a chance to learn all different tasks. 
we started and then it was a little simpler because the number of kids I have to just say, you were doing this, you were doing this, you were doing this, you were doing this. Okay. So I have grand plans for rotations <laughs> and some of the older ones have done multiple just because the younger kids get old enough. They're like, Ooh, what's the easiest one? Ooh, bump yeah. that person, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But different seasons of life and different families might be able to rotate around and, yes. um, but it's okay. I do try don't. to make sure to not ask the cook to always be the food prep person and let her sister have a chance to bake. She likes to bake too. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. I love this part. You guys <laughs> listen, get your pens. How to raise a brood of mini minimalists. <laughs> and minimalist is all the thing now. I mean, and we know it from a Christian standpoint, we know what the Bible says about it. Right. But it truly is in the world out there. Like this whole minimalism thing is really, and maybe it's because this past two years, has it been two years, three years? I don't know. It's been over two years now. Yeah. Everybody's really catching on to this thing, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not doing anything about it. So tell us. Yes. Right. So I think you have to go through your stuff regularly. You yeah. need your kids, like we were talking about modeling, you need them to see you donating things to say, oh, we're making a trip to Goodwill. Here's another mm-hmm. bag yeah. to go through after Christmas or birthday. What did you get? Did you say, oh, this was so nice. And did you set it aside and leave it on the dresser and add it to the pile? Or did they say you using it? Yeah. Or did mm-hmm. you say something like, oh, I love this new mug. You know what? Now we can get rid of that chipped one I was keeping because we need enough mugs for all of you. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Let them see you looking in the kitchen cabinet and saying, huh, I have two pasta pots, except we're always using that one. I guess I don't really need to keep that one anymore. We should give it to someone who can use it. Yes. So talk about your new family value of giving, of sharing what we have, because that's a Bible value too, mm-hmm. of not using more than we need, of enjoying life because when you don't have to pick up as much, you're done faster, you can do things that are more fun. You know, there's, there's a lot of benefits to a kid if you don't have those room covered with toys to pick up yeah <laughs> yes. and only keeping what we love and not what we sort of enjoy that mm. kind of sometimes play with by which we mean twice a year you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so what i was going to mention so what do you what do you say to a child who's like well but what if i get rid of that and i want to play with it six months from now because my, my husband i love him but he is kind of a hoarder <laughs> and that's that's his thing you know we can't get rid of this plank of wood in the garage because what if I need it six months from now and send every once in a while that will happen yeah and he'll be Mm -hmm. like see I'm glad I didn't get rid of that I don't Mm -hmm. have an answer for that (laughs) yes I have kind of works in progress for that because I have family members who are like that too Uh (laughs) uh-huh one of which is I like to have a hold box so I chuck things in there and I don't make myself get rid of them before six months have passed to see if somebody needs it and if they need it okay it goes back out or if it's an older person or a spouse might say, okay, you can keep whatever you want as long as you keep it in order. So it's not spilling out over all the family surfaces and making life harder to live for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I'm not picking it up for you as long as you can find what you want. Okay. It's your space. Or I might say, here's a limited section, like which is most important. What are the most common cords you think you might need to have? And the most common random bits of nails and metal and things for the home improvement fixes. And here is, you know, here are a couple tubs. Put anything you want in there, but that is all the room we can spare because we need to be able to walk around the vehicles and store bikes. (laughs) So kind of a, you can do limits or you can say tough luck. You had six months to decide and all right. It's done. It's gone. And now we can work around it. You know, it's not going to be this one thing and nothing else works or 
almost never, I would think. Right. Yeah. Well, let me just say this, not to be the conspiracy theorist, you guys. <laughs> but you are. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, I'm kidding. Kidding, not kidding. But really, honestly, I mean, you you want to talk about things like, you know, the shortages and all these things. Well, now's the time, if ever, to kind of do this habit training. So this lifestyle becomes normal, not this lifestyle of every single thing underneath the sun, you know, but that, that it's just, a you know, that they're used to living with the necessities, mm-hmm. you know, because heaven forbid there come a time when even the necessities are not there. I know. Right. I yes. mean, it's like, okay, we didn't have that ingredient. This does not require racing out to the store and putting one more thing on your day. This is called look in the pantry. We'll be that terrible if I skip it. Yep. You know, what can we swap in? Exactly. Oh, like we're dealing with our oven and our dryer really working. Great. Well, we can use a drying rack. Yep. We can use our toaster oven and make smaller quantities. Exactly. You know, Precisely. Workarounds instead yes. of saying, everyone drop everything and go to the store and write this. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. people are conditioned to believe that they need, need all the things mm-hmm. I'm thinking about everybody. We had the big storms in Wisconsin and a lot of people's power went down and everything else. And I was talking with Madeline today saying, well, so we live in a historic house as, as do the Hollenbecks <laughs> and um, we don't have air conditioner yeah. in our house. And so and I, it's really, you can't, you can't install it because of, yeah, you'd have the, to, it's brick and yes. all of that. So it's just a house that will like not ever have central air, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so it's about, you know, at first the kids were like, oh, and I said, hey, listen here, we are living in the olden days. Okay. You guys and <laughs> suck it up. We have fans going, but yeah, because it's a brick house, I'm, we are testimony to this. We shut all of our windows and our shades and we turn the fans on. I'm not making it up. It is cool. If you walk into our house, it's pure cool. And people think I'll die. I actually read that on somebody's uh, conversation today that I would die without the air conditioner. And the thing is, is no, I don't, I I don't think so. But aren't, you know, I, I can testify to that, right? At some point we think we would die, but no, we're not going to, we're not going to die. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing about all this, the minimizing, minimal, minimalizing all of that kind of thing is a lot of times we hear from parents who say, I can't homeschool because we need X, Y, Z, two incomes, all of this. They get used to the fact that they think they need all these things. And if they would just scale back, they would be able to homeschool because they wouldn't have so much stuff to maintain. That's a good point. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Yeah. Finances are so intertwined. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Instead of feeling obligated to buy all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And then let's talk, I mean, just the appreciation of it all. Kids can't even appreciate because you know, in the olden days, you didn't go buy the biggest house right away. You worked your way up to it, mm-hmm. right? A bigger house. But I think about these kids that are, they're just given every single thing. So how do you then teach humility? How do you then teach thankfulness, gratefulness? How does this, it's hard, it's hard to do that, you know? And so that's another reason why it's so important. Exactly. Yeah. Give us some parting thoughts, Alyssa. Okay. Well. I think I want you to commit to a no guilt motherhood attitude while you're doing it, while you're homeschooling. So what if you don't have enough time to bake a birthday cake? You still gave your kid a party with dessert, right? <laughs> Parenting accomplished. Do you have no voice to read to your child? Put on that book from Audible, snuggle home on the couch. It's going to be a magical story time regardless. You do what you have to do to fill your buckets so you can get up day after day and serve your family, homeschooling your kids, 
keeping up the house. This is what you were called to do. So why do you treat yourself like a battery who's just perpetually charged? Mm. We're not, we're human. Replenish your energy stores, keep going the next day. And that is way more important than checking off every single bullet point under how to be the perfect mom. Mm. That's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. So did you have your pencil? Did you have your paper? Were you writing? Were you taking notes? If you, if you need to go back and listen to this, take out a journal an old notebook, a scrap paper, write some of this stuff down. It's going to encourage you and bless you. And like Alyssa said, you were chosen to be the parent. So you are enough for your children. You don't have to try to be the one who bakes homemade bread and grinds the wheat. If you're not, don't beat yourself up. Be blessed, my friends. You are the best model of learning for your children and you always have been.